Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio. MGN Radio. The best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, and welcome to another fabulous episode on MGN Podcast. I am your host, Miss Tossie, and today is Friday. June 9th. I can't believe it's already June. Um, And I'm super excited because, drum roll, um, two things. Erin Creeks is going to be our guest today, and she's one of our honorees at Dare to Aspire Houston. And I'm so, so excited. Dare to Aspire Houston. We're coming to Houston after seven successful years of doing events in Atlanta. Everybody was saying, come to Houston. They do it bigger in Texas. So we are coming to Houston June 25th. We're going to be at the luxurious Hotel Derrick, and we're honoring some amazing women entrepreneurs, women in business. So it's going to be great. Check it out at d2aspire.com and on Instagram, social media, Dare, D-A-R-E, the number two, Aspire. So I'm super excited about today because I'm going to be chatting with Erin, and I found out so many interesting things about her, and I can't wait to talk to her. Like I always tell our listeners, you know, thanks for tuning in. Those who are listening now and will listen and download the podcast later, we appreciate you. Um, One other thing I wanted to say was, you know, again, Last um, last show we did, we got so many, many compliments of our show with the Blackish Mom, and um, that was really, really fun. And I always say make sure you grab a pen and paper because you will learn something. Before I give her her fabulous introduction, you know how it goes. we got to pay some bills. So we'll be back in less than one minute. With Aaron, thanks. Hair Yum is the fastest growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. As a parent, you chose homeschooling to provide a better education for your children. Why not add a love of music to their academics? At HomeMusicTools.com, we are parents, homeschoolers, and musicians, and we have the tools to help you provide a fun music education for your children. We carry guitars, drums, bass guitars, along with orchestra and band instruments, and we carry a wide range of music education books and instructional CDs and DVDs. Music has no age at HomeMusicTools.com. Growing up today, many children don't get the encouragement they need to feel important, empowered, and loved. Author J.L. Hunt has put together two beautifully written books titled Beautiful Boy and Beautiful Girl to help children build a positive self-concept and self-esteem in a colorful, stirring way. These books are a precious gift to any special child in your life. Available on Amazon.com. For more information, visit Hunt'sClubhouse.com. All right, thank you, and shout-out to all our sponsors that make this show possible. Okay, so I'm back, and I want to introduce Erin Creeks. Erin Creeks um, started a local meet-up group called Miss Independence in July of 2010 simply as a way to make friends. 
The group started out as a club for single women who, like she, were watching their friends get married and have children, which left her feeling displaced. Now, seven years later, with over 300 events and gatherings under her belt, Miss Independent has become a startup woman's events and entertainment company, focusing on creating unique experiences that revolve around food, fitness, fun, and freedom. Erin is being honored at Dare to Aspire in Houston on Sunday, June 25th, for being an amazing woman in Houston in business. So without further ado, let me connect Miss Erin Creeks. And where's our applause? There it goes. (laughs) Hey, Erin. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, you are fabulous, and we can hear you well. So welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. You know, I was on your site, and I just just can't wait till we get into this conversation because I learned so much about you just by reading your fun facts. So I can't wait, but let's get started. Tell us about, you know, what you went to college for and your background. Sure. Um, I went to the University of Tampa um, 10 years ago, which is crazy to say, Um, but I went for uh, marketing, actually, and at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It just sounded good to say marketing, Um, but (laughs) I initially started off as a a musical theater major and uh, made that my, my minor, and um, I moved back to, to Houston, you know, shortly after, didn't really know what I was going to, like I said, do with that, but I thought I would be able to write product descriptions because I've always had a flair for writing and I realized that's so minimal of what marketing is and it was a lot of sales jobs. Um, I wasn't into that and my first job ended up actually being an event planner or an assistant event planner. Um, and at the time it was just the only other experience I had. While there, I just didn't like the, the office life, and I thought, you know what, I need to move around, so I became a personal trainer, and then from there, a Pilates instructor. I did that for about nine years, and in that time, I was also growing Miss Independent, and that pulled me back into that event planner mind and um, just the creative side that I really wanted to, to work with, and um, I just had the opportunity after a job, unfortunately, the company was sold. So I just thought, you know what, I was thinking about it anyway. This seems like a good time to just go ahead and take the leap and do what you've been thinking about doing. You know, there's really no other option. You burn your boats, and now is the time. Wow, that is so interesting. That is really interesting. And I'm not just saying that, guys. I really am like, wow, very interesting. So, and the fact, these are the things I love, okay, because and, and all my moms that are listening, okay, I know you're not a mom, but personal trainer, okay, mm-hmm. and your guilty pleasure is Real Housewives of Atlanta. Okay, you are my girl. You are my kind of girl. <laughs> so, with that, talk about, um, and talk about, like, your first event, like, what you did well, or how did it turn out, and what you learned from doing that. Uh, well, I had, um, and I guess I forgot this part. When I was in college, I joined the student productions board. So we created different events for students on campus. And I was the music chair. So I put on kind of small scale concerts. So technically, I guess my first big event was teen, actually. It's crazy. I was 19. 
And um, I just, I don't know, just going to events and seeing how people respond to different aspects from the, the aesthetics of the, um, the decorum, music, um, the environment, the vibe, vibing from other people. I just felt like these things come together and create an experience. It's not just give people a date, time, and place and think that's going to get it. So um, that's right. my first event was, well, the one that I can remember at least, was called something like Festival de la Musica, something, something Spanish. Um, but it was <laughs> a, a salsa band, and it was in one of the bigger um, rooms that we had. I had food. At the time, the campus was really big about just have a musical performer. And I'm like, nobody cares. That's not enough. So I built an event around the music itself. And, you know, people had all kinds of fun little giveaways. And at our campus, we had very low turnout to a lot of things and very low engagement. And for that event, I remember walking out and just kind of curious how many people were going to come. There were 40 people waiting to get in before we were even done setting up. And that never wow. happened. Yeah, wow. it never happened. And, and I was, go ahead. No, finish, finish, please. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so um, it was just, um, it was one of those moments in life that you're not expecting it, you're not thinking about it, but it was like, what just happened? <laughs> what is happening? What? Why is, you know, this is, I'm here for marketing, of course, but I just did something really cool, and I, I want to know how I can keep doing that. And I think that, that was one of many events that always stuck with me that I had that ability that no one else could say that they had. So when I started to do Miss Independent, our first meetup was simple because I didn't, honestly, I didn't think people would show up. I, I really was just like throwing something on, you know, against the wall, see if it sticks. And it was, um, it was a dinner at raw sushi, but 22 people showed up. They don't know me. They don't know each other. And that was another, like, confirmation moment that, yeah, you do have something here. And you know what? And that's what I, again, because we do events with Dare to Aspire. And, you know, a lot of people always ask me, you know, about events. And I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think it takes to, um, you know, you've done over 300 events, you know, that were successful, and you're in Houston. What, What are some of the characteristics or things that make an event successful that somebody listening, you know, that maybe wants to plan their event, their first event or second, um, they can kind of take notes and say, okay, you know, let me share, let me use these tips to plan my event. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things that people overlook because they're so focused on, I guess, what they want the event to be, you've got to consider what the event feels like for the person walking through the door and that feeling, that emotion that you want to get from them, whether it's excitement or peace or um, just feeling more enthusiastic about life in general, that feeling starts from the moment you interact with them, which is not when they come to that event. Um, That's the first email, uh, the first post, the first whatever, and whatever impression you give them in the aesthetics of the invitation, whether it's digital or the actual card, whatever it is, you've got to make sure that translates in everything. So, for example, if um, it's, let's say, it's a really beautiful, bright, bubbly, um, happy event, prominent colors, or like pink and yellow, just really happy colors, then that needs to show up in the way that you speak to them when you invite them to the event. Um, That language needs to translate those same happy, bubbly emotions. When they come to the event, the decor, of course, needs to translate as well. Your attitude. Um, 
and then also the, the flow of it, people need to feel secure. Um, I've learned that you almost have to overthink a little bit for people because they really do just kind of come in. They're like, what, what now? Someone tell me where to go, what to do, how to feel, um, what's the tone, and they just kind of respond in time. So from the moment they walk in, they need to feel welcome. Um, there needs to be an itinerary, or maybe there doesn't. Maybe you want something open, open-ended. They just have to have some level of expectation, and that expectation has to be met. So just think about from the moment they walk in, what is their expectation based on everything you've put out to get them through the door, and then how can you make sure that they actually experience whatever you've promised them from the moment they walk in throughout the event, from the music to just everything. And it seems like it's a lot, but really you just have to almost, I do a lot of meditation, just quiet yourself, you know, get somewhere quiet, just take a few breaths and then think. Someone walks through the door, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What do they experience? What do they see? And then you just go from there and you just make that happen. And after that, it's just a series of phone calls and emails. Um, I joke with people, I'm like, <laughs> event planning is just phone calls and emails. That's all it is. Yes. But yeah, yes. But yeah, the other stuff is just visualizing. Yes. Now, let me ask you a lot of people always say free or charge. Um, do you mm-hmm. think you get more people when events are free? Or um, especially let's talk about somebody's first event, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Would you advise them to make it free just to get the bodies in the door? No. Um, and it does depend on what it is. But I can just tell you, so after seven years of planning these events and actually going back to even college, we were not allowed to charge them because their, um, their tuition went towards the cost or our budget, basically. But that's also why people didn't show up because it didn't matter to them. There was no value. So I had to create the idea of exclusivity. So I would say for my events, you have to have a ticket. That's not true. They can come no matter what. But you don't know that. So they would make sure they got their ticket, and then it feels like I got a ticket you didn't or whatever. They would show. The same thing goes now with um, it's a trade. You know, they're giving up their time. Yes, but you're giving up a lot of yours and a lot of your energy, and you've got to know that that's worth something. And a lot of times people will devalue that if you don't put a price on it. And it can even be minimal. And a lot of times I do that. I don't care. You know, this money might just go towards covering the Facebook cost or whatever. But ultimately, if you don't think that if, let's say, you're having a hard day, you you know, like, you know what, I didn't pay anything for this anyway. I'm not going to make the drive. Or you know what, I came home, I feel settled, I didn't pay anything, I didn't invest anything, I'm just going to stay. I find more people actually show up if they had to invest something ahead of time. And if they don't show up, at least you feel a little bit better that you were compensated in some way. Exactly, exactly. Now, how do you market your events? Like, is it mostly social media? How do you market your events um, to make them so successful? I market, um, I do use social media a pretty fair amount. I have been able to build up an audience um, over time. So I have a a newsletter, a weekly newsletter. Um, I would say Facebook ads have been the most helpful. Um, Instagram is starting to to show some signs of life, though, in the way of of actually getting people there. Um, Instagram has helped a lot. And then sometimes uh, just for cost-effective purposes, I don't always do it, but every now and then I might place an ad 
with um, a local online magazine or something like that. But then this is also very important. If you do ever pay to um, get an ad put anywhere, make sure that you then capture that their information, their you know email, whatever it is, so that at, after that they can convert to being on your email list, and then you don't have to pay for those those names again. So if you get, let's say, I don't know, 50 people from a publication, um, a third-party publication, if you can convert 35 of those people into being on your email list, you know, that's, that's it grows and it grows and it grows and it gets to the point where you don't have to depend on paying as much. Ah, oh, very good tip. Now, what's your favorite platform? I think you said Facebook. What's your your favorite social media platform? Yes, so far it's been um, it's been Facebook and Instagram. There, I like to you know get information and be able to analyze what's working, what doesn't. With Instagram, of course, I can see my my insights, but it's not as in depth. I feel as Facebook. Facebook gives me a lot more intel on when are people on, what are they looking at, um, where are the women coming from, are they in Houston, are they outside of Houston, that kind of thing. So then that always allows me to dig a little deeper and cater more to them. Um, but also it's just easier in terms of tagging and liking because you can't, you know, if you put a link in a comment on um, Instagram, they can't click on that link. It's not as easy. So um, I much prefer yes, Facebook for, for that. True. Yeah, and and besides Donald Trump, does anybody still use Twitter? Because everybody that I'm like, oh, Twitter, Twitter, like, no, Facebook, Instagram. So does anybody, like, in in marketing, is Twitter still a a good platform for advertising events? I hear so many, and actually today I think I was listening to um, um, a podcast or something. I know that Twitter works for a lot of people. I have not found how to make it work for me. So in the time and energy it would probably take me to figure it out, I could be just figuring out how to make Facebook work even better. So um, I can't say that it doesn't work because I've never tried it, but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> so <laughs> We are chatting live with Erin Creek. She's the founder, owner, and operator of Miss Independent. And what that pretty much means is she's just the girl that decided to go for it. Now, Erin, you talk about when you started Miss Independent, you know, you were single in Houston. Talk about, and you saw you saw your friends getting married, having kids. Talk about what, what life is like, um, you know, now um, as a single woman in Houston. Um, describe kind of the Houston culture for those who might not know. Um, so still single. Um, I swear I'm working on it, but it, it just it gets to a point where I think with everything I've got going on, definitely, definitely now I'm so much more comfortable with it. I get to points where I'm kind of too comfortable with it, um, but I I have such if I want if I want I can be doing something any given day of the week because there is always something going on. Um, I, I remember when I first moved back from Florida, I just thought that it was Florida. It was beautiful. I had the ocean. Now I have just hot and concrete and I, I want to go back, but it's, there's so much if you really, and I know for a lot of people that moved to Houston, it feels overwhelming and it is, it's, it's a lot, but I promise you there is a side of town. There is a group, a networking group. There is something you can get into where if you wanted any given day, there is a festival, there is a foodie event, there are um, 
pop-up dinners, like once you get out and start to really make friends and know people, on every single plane, every interest, there's something going on. Um, and at one point when I was really trying to get out a lot, I would have up to three events uh, a night. And I would just go from one to the next to the next. And what's crazy is I would see the same people at those events doing the same thing because we were trying to hit up as many things as possible. So I had to pull back <laughs> on that. But um, there's always something going on, especially the blogger community here is incredibly active. Um, they're all very wow, supportive. Very we all kind of know each other. Yeah, so between, like, bloggers, PR, um, you know, companies that, that invite me to different um, – activities for to promote restaurants it's it's always something going on it's great i love it it's great so you love houston and we're so happy you know that we're coming to houston for our event where we're honoring you as one of as one of the the you know business women doing amazing things in houston um so that's we're we're very very excited about that um now erin what about challenges what are some challenges that you that you know just you might face or you, other bloggers or other people might face in terms of trying to get their event out. Wow, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> there's there's always <laughs> the main ones, the main ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say the biggest challenge for me is, and it's interesting, and I I, I find this out every single time. Like you don't ever get used to it you don't ever feel comfortable every event is different every time every location it's always different so the nerves and and the you know the excitement but also the little bit of hesitation I have it translates every single time and every single time I have to talk myself up and give myself a pep talk and you know I've started to write down my my previous victory so I can remind myself but wasn't it okay yeah, I know you don't have the ticket sales yet, but wasn't it okay last time you didn't have the ticket sales? Um, you'll, you'll feel sometimes like you're crazy or why am I not, you know, comfortable with this? Because you're never going to be comfortable with it. And someone once told me it just means that you care. It still means something to you. So it's, you know, you still want it to be good. That's a challenge. I would say getting the word out isn't necessarily that hard. It's competing with everything else that is challenging. Like I said, I used to do two or three events. So for a lot of people, they'll want to come, but they've got four and five events that they're entertaining. So just, you know, trying to get around all the other things going on. And I think the third biggest challenge would be, um, of course, always staying within budget. Um, And I think that's a challenge every business owner, mom, person on earth, you know, deals with is just staying within budget but just all those things that come up and you got to pay for this. And I forgot about that. And why isn't this working and technology? So those are the, the three main things. I love them. And you're, I'll, every, as, as you were talking, I was like, yep, yep, yep. And I love the fact that you mm-hmm. said, you know, when you're worried about your event, it's like you really do care. You want it to be successful. Um, and, you know, I go through that with every, every Dare to Aspire, even the ones that sell out. And I'm like, oh, you know, every Dare to Aspire, I'm always like, oh, you know, so nervous and everything. But it always turns out well in the end. 
So yeah. that that's that's a positive. That's a very very positive note. We are chatting with Erin Creek. She's the founder and owner and operator of Miss Independent. Why? How did you come up with the name? Like, why did you decide to call it Miss Independent? It's a little bit of an accident. Um, I when I was creating the meetup at the time, there were not nearly the number of meetups there are now, but some names were already taken. So I was just sitting on the couch and I type in something that doesn't work, type in something else that doesn't work. Either I had heard the song or it was playing one of the two, that Neo song, Miss Independent. And I was just like, I don't know. I've tried five different names, Miss Independent. How about that? And it took, and I was like, of course. <laughs> so um, that's, that literally is all it is, is somewhere, somehow Neo song was playing and I just typed it in and it worked and it stuck. And it's stuck. I love it. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit for selfish reasons because you were a personal trainer and you taught Pilates for nine years. And I know a lot of our Mm -hmm. listeners are moms and everybody's trying to get in shape and get back in shape. So give some tips in terms of, you know, um, what are some, some things in terms of what you eat or any advice for moms like trying to get in shape um, that you can share? Yeah, um, I would always just tell my clients, honestly, um, you know, you didn't get this way overnight, so you're not going to be able to get out of it overnight. Any kind of quick fix, that is really, that's marketing. That, that, that's my marketing hat. Looking at, they, they play on fear, concern, worry, and what do you want to hear? And what you want to hear is what is the path of least resistance and what is the path of least resistance? Instant, overnight, lose 10 pounds in five days. And all of those are like buzzwords to let you know they're just playing up to what you want to hear. That, that's never going to be successful. Um, I have, even with all the knowledge I had, I got into it. I did the, the cleanses and the um, fast and all that stuff. And all it does is confuse your body. And um, it makes you have to work 10 times harder after your body comes out of that starvation mode and go, well, I'm eating now, so I'm going to hoard all this. I would say you just have to be consistent in anything you decide to do, be consistent enough and monitor your feelings. If you're tired, um, even if you, you mentally feel like you're in a fog, um, then that's not the diet for you or that's not the workout program for you. You should always feel good. So if you're not feeling good, don't do it. Um, and then if you're not getting results, you can make tweaks later, but have you really given it time? Um, with what I do now currently, my diet, I'm also a food blogger, so that complicates things. But with my diet, I'm, I'm predominantly eat clean. And it's not even because I've been a personal trainer. It's because that's what I've conditioned my body to, to prefer. And I actually get sick. I, I actually did get sick last night. I get sick if I eat certain things that are not, you know, my norm. So if I eat greasy foods or heavy foods, my body rejects that because that's not what I do. So, you know, there is hope. You can, you, you can get over whatever <laughs> addictions you have to things. Um, you can like exercise. You just have to find what you like. You have to be consistent. There are no quick fixes. And whatever you do, you should feel good doing it. And, and it's really that simple. I I love it. Oh, Erin, wow, I love it. You know, we might have you do a little um, exercise routine during the event. I mean, this, you're a personal trainer. But, you know, I love what you said, but I had two additional questions. So you mean like the teas and, and fast? Because 
there's a big thing now about intermittent mm-hmm. fasting and uh, you know so those things you would say you would say stay away from them I would say so for me sometimes I do I might do like a 12 hour or maybe even an 18 hour fast if my if my body doesn't feel right like if I for example ate something I shouldn't have eaten um yeah I will yeah. crave and want like ginger and lemon in, in hot water, I might want to just juice, but I'm doing that to kind of reset my system. I'm not doing it to lose weight per se. A lot of people will do that, uh, not okay. needing to reset. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay. typically that, anything that says, yeah, it is. And it's it becomes very intuitive. It's hard to explain. I just, I will crave, I think, what I, what I need. But what I, I always tell people, um, I had a client, she used to drive me crazy. Every time I saw her, I'm like, what have you eaten like all has and noodles. I need you to eat food. Um, but for her, it's the idea of well, I'm not eating a lot of calories. Well, your body needs calories to burn calories, so you're you're actually hurting yourself. So that's why I always just tell people, I, I don't want you to think that I just have to do this tea. And plus, do you even know how that's affecting your body? Because sometimes things are more pure and organic. Sometimes they've got additives. Um, you know, it's just easy, it's just best to stay away from it, honestly. Wow. Now, in terms of clean eating, and you mentioned that, and that's like the buzzword, eat clean, eat clean. Mm -hmm. Can you give some examples of foods or what you mean when you say eat clean? Yes, and that's, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I always just tell people it's, you need to eat living food to live. So, um, you know, I, I believe in God, and ultimately I just think if God made it, I can eat it. If man made it, I shouldn't. And man pretty much hmm. made things that have shelf lives, <laughs> shelf lives and things that go in boxes, um, you know, things that God made or, or natural things are going to be, for the most part, plants and um, fruits, that kind of thing. Also, I do, I've gone back and forth between being vegan. I love meat. I don't think there's anything wrong with eating meat. I have a big problem with the way meat is processed um, in this country, but um, I do try to, as, as often as possible, eat responsibly, um, you know, considering where my meat sources are, obviously more local. Um, but living food live when you eat it is vegetables, fruits. I do love meat, um, like pumpkin seeds, almonds, that kind of thing. Um, and I try to watch how much meat I consume. But pretty much if God made it, great. If man made it, we made it because we want to like it. We didn't necessarily make it because it was good for us. Um, and that's it. That is it. If it's a shelf life, if it, um, if it was fast, those kind of things, you know, you, I'm not saying you can't ever have any of it. That's, that's not even, you know, something I think that's logical. But if 80%, let's say, of your diet can be living food, live food, um, then th- that's better. And if you think about you're either, um, you know, feeding disease or um, feeding good health, I guess you want to 80% or so of the time be feeding better health or preventing um, disease versus feeding it. So it's, I never want people to think, well, I've got to eat perfect all the time. Well, no, they'll just drive you to fast food. They'll drive you to the crap. Um, you just need a better balance. And again, just eat living food to live a better life. I love that. Wow. Erin, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Once I went to talk to the personal trainer, I was like telling my friend, I said, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, you're extraordinaire with events, but 
personal training and health. It's so big nowadays. It's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, wow, we're chatting live with Miss Erin, Miss Erin. Okay, so we had Lisa in the chat room. Hi, Lisa. And she wanted to know, you know, being that you're single and, you know, you have the, you plan these events, is Houston a good place to meet a man? And do you think Houston is a good place for single women who want to get married? Uh <laughs> Well, from my experience, <laughs> no. Um, I only say, and I don't say that strictly from my perspective. I've heard from so many other women the same thing. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that is I just think, in general, there are probably more women to men anyway. Um, but in Houston, it's so big and so broad, and there's just so many people floating around. Sometimes I think it makes it kind of complicated. I have had to go the online route more times than I'd like, but um, I have a friend now that's getting married that met her uh, fiancé on, I think, Plenty of Fish. Um, and then, of course, because Houston is, you know, so oil and gas, people do move here from other places. So fingers crossed that someone's going to move from somewhere else here, um, <laughs> and that's going to work itself out. But um, I will say, though, um, you will find plenty of really great women to be friends with while you're single. I mean, that's, that's honestly like I get out a fair amount, but I usually get out with people. You know, I already know I need to get better at just getting out and it's just me. Um, I haven't put myself out there as much because of my schedule, but um, I have a fantastic social life. But the men thing, I don't know, but you might, you know, you might meet somebody that's coming here from somewhere else. It's highly likely you do meet a man, they're not originally from Houston. I can say that. Most people here um, are not originally from here. Ah, uh, okay. Wow, great, great. Well, we're chatting. Time is flying, Erin. We only have like a few more minutes. Um, and we've chatted about so, ma- so much good stuff. I love it. We could talk to you all day. But what mm-hmm. what do you hope, like what's, what's anything in plan or um, what does the future hold um, for Miss Independent? What would you like to see Miss Independent become in the future? Yeah, I'm really focusing right now on um, – becoming a little more intentional some things you just kind of you know you look at that's big I'll do that so pulling back a little bit more um our our signature event hashtag girls night out is one of the the better attended most popular excited events um that one routinely pulls in um over 100 women so I would like to see if I can scale that make it something that maybe is offered in other cities and then um also offering more educational opportunities so doing uh, workshops that are career-based so many women if they don't have a side hustle they're thinking about it or they have one or um, they have an entrepreneurial spirit or just in some way I'm seeing so 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 many women create things so I want to be able to help them navigate their way and hopefully not make some of the mistakes I've made so providing those opportunities and of course health and fitness and wellness so just you know giving I think maybe fewer events per year, but maybe bigger events or more impactful events. And then also also doing some online offerings of courses Um, in just what I've learned through being single and being an entrepreneur and figuring myself out and just things that I I think would benefit other women who are are me, basically. So just what I would have liked to have seen when I was 25 and didn't, you know, know what I was doing and now 33 and still don't know what I'm doing, but getting better. 
Yeah, but you're still young, so you know you're you still have a couple of years, um, a lot of years left. So one of the things I wanted to ask, though, Aaron, before I let you go, was I love the fact on your site you talked about your worst job, and I just want to mm-hmm. read it, and then I want to ask you a question because I think this is a very very um, interesting. So you said fresh out of college. Working as a receptionist, assistant, event planner, I frequently ended up being the help at swanky events when they didn't have enough staff. I was paid $7 mm-hmm. an hour, no overtime, no benefits. What, did you, what do you think you learned? Going back and, and thinking that we've all had our first jobs, you know, the ones that don't pay, you're, just, you're doing all the grunt work and all that kind of stuff. But what, what do you think is the lesson that you learned, and how, do you, how does it apply to, to what you're doing now, or how does it help you in what you're doing now? Yeah, definitely know your worth. That's something that I, especially at that age when you're fresh out of college, I was very disillusioned that I have this degree, and I was always told that if I get this degree, everything will be fine. And I went three months of interview day after day after day, and I couldn't get anything. So I think at that point I was more beaten down, and I was just so happy anyone would hire me, and I would take anything, and anything is exactly what I got. Um and with that job, it was just, I, I was trying, I would push, I would, you know, look what I can do, let me do it, let me do it. And they just really weren't valuing me. Um, of course, I didn't stay long, but it was just something that, it made a really big impression on me. A lot of times, I think we look at, I've got bills to pay, I'll take anything. Um, I, I need clients, I really don't feel good about this person, but I'll just work with them. Um, you really have to value yourself and your time and realize that everything is an exchange and you're going to get more than just money for this. You might get some grief. You might get some frustration. You might have some sleepless nights because you're, you're in a position you don't want to be in. You have got to value yourself and there, whatever's meant to be, it will be, and you'll have peace to have it. So anything you don't have peace with, it's not for you. So jobs, clients, opportunities, um, collaborations, all of that. I've always gone back to, but remember when you were desperate and remember when you, you, you just went with whatever they gave you? It was miserable. Don't ever do that again. So if you've got to go a few sleepless nights not being sure how it's going to work out, that's fine. But when it's the right thing, you're going to know it and you're going to have peace to come along with it. So just know yourself, value yourself, and if it doesn't feel right, absolutely don't do it and don't feel like you have to do anything. I love that. I, I think that's such. That's. I knew it, was, it would be a great question to end on because it's such good advice. Um, it's such good advice. And I was going to say, applause, applause. I love that. I love that. Um, but what I was going to say was, it's so funny. Again, on your site. Um, MissIndependent.net, <laughs> your pet peeve, you got to meet my daughter. I think you and my 11-year-old daughter, oh, my God, any sound, her pet peeve is any sound that comes out of her mouth, smacking, slurping, chewing is awful. It's just so god-awful, mm. and that is my daughter up and down. Oh, my God, don't smack, don't chew with your mouth open. Oh, my, she's like, oh, like it's just the end of the world for her. So when I saw that on yours, yeah. I just, I just, you know, started laughing. But, Erin, time is out. I could chat with you all day, and I can't wait to meet you in Houston at Dare to Aspire on Sunday, June 25th. So thank you so much for your time. Please tell our listeners how they can connect with you. 
Yes. Uh, so the website is missindependent.net. So it's spelled M-S, the word independent, all one word, dot net. Um, that's also my blog. And if you wanted to attend any of our events, uh, we have one coming up today, actually. Um, you can always sign up for our newsletter there. Well, we will send you something every um, week. And then I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Independent, again, MS Independent GP. And then on Facebook, just Miss Independent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And have a fabulous Friday. Bye, you guys. Bye, Erin. Happy Friday. Okay. Happy Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye.